Thank you for listening to the podcast of Bible Baptist Church. Please visit our website at www.southbaybbc.org for more information. As much as we speak and share and edify each other with spiritual encouragement each week, uh, there must also be a sober realization that there is a spiritual warfare. Uh, Spiritual encouragements are wonderful to share, and we thank God for that each week. And as we give toward each other and as we are uh, in every way uh, giving grace toward each other, I think uh, it is a wonderful encouragement and spiritual edification is needed so that uh, we can grow in grace. I think everyone wants to be built up by the grace of God and and everyone wants to be more like Jesus Christ as our motto is. And, And we need spiritual education Uh, that must be taught and delivered to have a strong foundation. So there's nothing wrong with spiritual encouragement, edification, or even education. However, as much as there are proponents for the spiritual, I believe there are oppositions. Uh, As Christians are reading God's Word or maybe praying each day and as Christians are being faithful to the assembly of believers and encouraging each other and as they're faithfully serving and giving, and I believe that the devil is watching and, and, and he is conniving uh, what he should do to oppose the spiritual. And uh, we could in every way encourage each other each week, but we might, in, 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 we might be ignorant of the devil's doings and what he is up to to uh, ruin this church or maybe to ruin our Christian testimony. And he opposes uh, many things of God, and uh, he is truly called a tempter, and he wants to tempt all of us to do the wrong, and not to do the spiritual, and especially when we are going the right direction, he is observing more keenly, and he is wanting to do his best to bring forward those people who are being steadfast. The Bible says he opposes the faithful and the steadfast in First Peter chapter 5, verse 8 and 9. Be sober and be vigilant, because your adversary, the enemy, the devil, as a roaring lion walketh about, seeking whom he may devour, whom resists steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same affliction are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. You see, the devil is not trying to fight against the world. No, he has the world already. He has the lost. And the Bible calls them the children of the devil. Okay, They're the children of darkness. He has the lost people. He has this world for this present time. But he does not have God's children. And we've been redeemed. We've been sanctified. Now we are God's saints and we are God's children. We're the children of light and we're no longer the devils anymore. And we praise the Lord for that. But we must recognize that the devil is not pleased with that at all. And he wants to oppose the church and he wants to oppose you and I. And he wants to oppose especially those who are faithful to the word of God, who is faithful to the ministry of God, who is faithful to their Christian walk. And uh, we must be sober. We must be vigilant, as the Peter has wrote. And he will oppose the gospel witness as well. In 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 9, For a great door and effectual is open unto me, and there are many adversaries. 
Oh, we just had a mission conference. We wanted to encourage them as much as possible, give them love offering, and give them some uh, great victory of support and also prayer. And also, uh, we were able to give some gift baskets to each family, and we thank God for your sacrifice. And, and we want to see the, uh, the upward love concerning these families. But we know that as they're going to their cities, as much as the door is open, there are great adversaries as well. How we need to keep on praying for them. Because the devil is waiting for them too. The devil fully knows what's going on with a church and what they're trying to do, try to win the laws, and he will oppose the gospel witness as we think about into his harvest campaign in a couple weeks' time, and, and as we think about uh, this uh, uh, great uh, organization that we'll have to reach out to this community, guess what? The tempter knows about this already, and the tempter wants to tempt us not to do our best, and, and he doesn't want us to volunteer, and he will try to oppose Bible Baptist churches in trying to reach out to this community. I guarantee you, uh, ladies and gentlemen, as much as we have an open door, there are adversaries that we need to... Uh, uh, be mindful about, and we need to pray, and we need to seek God's power because we desperately need uh, uh, the, uh, the great victory through uh, uh, the spiritual help, not through our own flesh and not through our own demise. And so let us think about the fact that he will oppose the gospel witness, but not only that, he seeks for a chance even in unforgiving relationships. And it's not just he's opposing the church and also the, uh, uh, the big arena of the Christian warfare, but he is opposing within your home and also in relationship that you have with fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, look at verse 10. To whom he forgive anything, I forgive also, for if I forgave anything, to whom I forgave it, for your sakes forgave I it in the person of Christ, lest Satan should get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. What is the Apostle Paul saying? Hey, we ought to forgive each other because the devil is right around the corner watching us. And he will use the matter of unforgiveness and maybe holding bitterness against us. And the Apostle Paul says, let us not be ignorant of the devil's devices. Oh, how the devil could use your bitter heart. How the devil could use your unforgiving spirit so that you go in the wrong direction of Christianity. So that you're not faithful to church. So that you will ruin your family. So that you are unforgiving to your parents for the rest of your life. I'll, let us recognize the fact, those little tiny uh, uh, issues of life that you're holding in bitterness uh, the devil could use it very strongly against you. And let not the devil creep up in your life, my friend. Let us get right with the Lord. Let us get right with each other so that uh, we may have a sweet fellowship and also so that we may grow in the grace of God. Oh, the devil wants to use every big thing against us and even also every little thing. And he desires to have us as well to do his bidding. We think about Luke chapter 22, verse 31. And the Lord says, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan had desire to have you that he may sift you as we. Now, he can no longer have us because we're sealed by the Holy Spirit of God. And uh, Jesus Christ is not talking about devil's possession against Peter, but the devil wants his way with Peter. He, wants, uh, 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 he wanted Peter to deny the Lord three times. He wanted Peter to be prideful. 
He wanted Peter to fall asleep in the Garden of Gethsemane. And the temptation was great. And of course, Peter fell into it. That's why he wrote, as we read just a moment ago, be sober and vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, is like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And Peter knows that by his own experience. And uh, ladies and how we need to take heed to the fact that, that, that the devil has his will for us and has his plan for us. And we need to be mindful of his spiritual uh, uh, warfare that he is waging against us. Oh, these are compelling and biblical evidences that the devil wishes to bring opposition to the spiritual and to us. And the way Satan works is not through weapons and arms, and he doesn't have guns or maybe swords or maybe grenades to toss at us. No, he does not work against us through uh, through flesh and blood. No, he works through lies, through deceits, and through temptation. He's not going to physically fight you, my friend. No, he's going to spiritually fight you against your heart and against your minds. He doesn't have to show up and uh, with the fish fork and uh, uh, give fear into your lives. No, he doesn't need to appear himself that way. No, he just needs to lie to you. He just needs to bring deceit. He just needs to tempt you with your own flesh and lust. That's all he needs to do so that you will commit your own sins. He doesn't doesn't sin with you, my friend, no. He wants to have you sin on your own. And he does that through lies. He does that through deceits. And he does that through temptation. Think about the very first account of the devil's act in the book of Genesis. The serpent never touched the fruit. The serpent never ate the fruit. He didn't say, Eve, it tastes really great. The serpent never handed the fruit to Eve. It was Eve who touched and handled, tasted, and ate the fruit on her own. What did the serpent do? He just lied. He just brought the seed. He just tempted Eve to simply put it, he was a very good salesman. That's all he had to do. And ladies gentlemen, he knows your lust. And by the way, Eve was a perfect being at that time. She was sinless, and so was Adam. And if Satan had his way to deceive and to lie to perfect beings, and they were won over to him, how much are we to be on guard? Because we have our sinful flesh, my friend. Born in iniquity. We're born into our sinful nature. And the devil could have his way easily with you through his lies and deceit. How we need to make sure that we're not sold into his sales because his sales bring a very bad deal. Someone has wrote, Satan promises the best, but pays with the worst. He promises honor and pays with disgrace. He promises pleasure for a season of time, but pays with eternal pain. He promises profit and riches, but pays with the great laws in eternity. He promises life, but pays with death. 
He's a great mastermind in bringing temptation. And we must not be ignorant of his advices this morning. Oh, realize this morning when there are spiritual encouragement, victories, and praise, Satan might be around the corner ready to deceive and lie and tempt you. Now, what do we do when we are confronted with his, with his lies and, and with his deceit and temptation? Do we take him on all alone? Do we outsmart him? Can we overpower him? No, the Bible says that we are made little lower than the angel because the devil was once a, a sheriff. He was an angel praising and glorifying God Almighty. He was once called Lucifer. He had precious stones in his body. He had the tablets and and the pipes built in him to, to praise the uh, uh, magnificent glory of God. And, and by the way, he has his way with music. Did you know that? If he had tablets and pipes built into him, I think he knows music. And he knows how to lure the church into contemporary and, and evil music of this day. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't know about you, I want to make sure my conscience is clear when I'm singing the praises of God. I don't want to sing about the Lord Jesus Christ with the worldly beat, God's people say. I don't want to think about Michael Jackson. I don't want to think about Aerosmith. I don't want to think about any tunes of that nature when I'm singing about Jesus Christ. I want to make sure my conscience is clear. That's why we sing hymns at Bible Baptist Church and want the devil to have his way and try to creep in with this type of music. There are devil's music, my friend. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes, there are songs of fools. There are people who are foolish, and they have their own songs. And there are wicked men and wicked ladies out there with their wicked tunes and wicked agenda, and they are uh, uh, bringing about uh, a terrible uh, 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 message and, and terrible beats that's appeal to the flesh. I think about the scripture uh, in the Old Testament, how uh, Moses went up uh, to receive the commandments of God, and the people, the Israelites, built their own calf. The Bible said they had music and dances, and Joshua was far off next to, uh, next, uh, uh, next to the mountain where Moses was, and he heard some noises, and he told Moses, it sounds like warfare. Probably just sound like rock and roll music. And ladies and gentlemen, there are ungodly music of this day. Do not be deceived by the devil. And be careful what kind of music you listen to. Be careful what kind of message it has. And I told uh, uh, Miss Dion the other day, and then she asked, what kind of music should we have at Bible Baptist Church? And, and uh, there's some songs that are good. There's some songs that are maybe... Uh, somewhat little questionable, and but we could change the tune a little bit. And it has a good message, but I just told her, we want to make sure that the composers are right with the Lord. I think about one composer, and there's one particular song that I delighted, uh, d- delighted to hear, and I really enjoy, but this person got into drugs, this person uh, got into rehab, and, and got, uh, was found, found guilty with the uh, law of this land, and, and, and now I don't want to hear that, uh, I don't want to hear a song anymore. Why? Because it doesn't reflect his lifestyle. 
And I'm not saying uh, all the hymn writers uh, that we have in our books are all were right with God, and there were some uh, Anglicans, and there weren't some uh, non-Baptist people, but I believe as we think about those people, uh, there are no uh, 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 terrible sins that we could uh, recount and, and, and to remember when we sing about those songs. And, and uh, I just want to be very careful, my friend, in what kind of music we bring because the devil has his way. I'm just simply saying today, uh, uh, the devil uh, has uh, great deceit and great lies against us. And uh, we need to make sure to recognize that uh, this angel, uh, this sheriff that been fallen has great power against the church and great power against us and we should never underestimate him and and, and especially uh, in the area that he is good with especially like music especially what's beautiful and what's glorious because he was once beautiful and by the way a lot of the media that we know today in Hollywood and the things that we see in our TVs and in cable television and also in internet the things might look very pleasant, but it has a wrong message and the message of the devil. And we got to be very careful with that. And uh, there are some cartoons that I let my children see, but if there's bad music, you know, uh, we keep that thing silent. I keep it silent. We don't want to listen to that music. And uh, it might be very... Love and dovey, and uh, you might be Smurfs. Those little tiny creatures, they're so cute. But there's a rock and roll music in the background. I turn it down. And I, I don't want my children to be opposed to bad, uh, 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 to be influenced by bad music. And we got to be very careful because the devil has great power of deception and, and he knows our weaknesses and, and he was a, a great powerful angel and powerful being and we should never underestimate his plans. And as we think about the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this world, against the spiritual wickedness in high places. This world is the devil's. We'll look at that scripture later on in the temptation of the wilderness. This world is presently the, the devil's. And he is working powerfully in high places. And ladies and gentlemen, do not under, underestimate him. He is not a foe that we should look down upon or underestimate and we need to make sure that we are humble and meek before the Lord. And that's what we need to do. We cannot tackle devil on our own. We need to run to the Lord always. I heard about a couple of boys try to walk through a quarrel when a bull saw them and began to charge at them. One of the boys said in fear, let's stop and pray. That sounds really good as a bull is chasing after him. The other boys say, no, let's run and pray. That's a better idea. You know, that's exactly what we need to do when we're confronted with the lies and the deceptions of the devil. We need to run from him and pray to God. James chapter 4, verse 7, Submit yourself therefore to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. They shall remember, we're not... Not be uh, powerful against the devil, but there is one person who is all powerful, and his name is Jesus Christ. I think about one little girl, 
was asked what she should do if Satan was persistent in tempting her and knocking on her door. She answered, yes, I know he wants to get me. But when Satan knocks at the door of my heart, I just say, Jesus, would you go to the door? That's a very good, simple answer. And ladies and gentlemen, if you're tempted by the devil, you let Jesus answer it. You go to Jesus. You let the strong man handle that other weak foe against him. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, we, need, we cannot fight the devil's temptation on our own. We need the Savior's help. In our text, we observe the, our beloved Savior's temptation in the wilderness, and we know that Jesus Christ won because he always wins. And as we observe this count of our Savior, we learn that we need Christ's power and presence to win against the devil. And also we can learn that the devil has his tactics and, and we need to be dependent on Christ. And we still need not to be ignorant of the devil's devices. And what are we to learn from this account? I'd like to share with you three tactical ways of Satan's temptation and uh, how we could uh, avoid uh, his uh, uh, demise and also his ways. And, and uh, by the Spirit's help and by Christ's power, First of all, let's be mindful of the fact that the tempter will respond to the spiritual. Will respond to the spiritual. Being 40 days tempted of the devil, and in those days he did eat nothing. And when they were ended, he afterward hunger. In another account, the word of God gives clarity that Christ fasted 40 days and 40 nights, and after he was hungered, and then the devil tempted him. It wasn't when he was fasting for 40 days and 40 nights that the devil came along to tempt him. No, it was not within those period of time. It was after the days of 40 days and 40 nights. The Bible says in Matthew chapter two, 4, verse 2, And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward hungered. And when the tempters came to him. So, it was after his spiritual fasting and spiritual uh, 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 prayer that the devil came to Jesus Christ. And just like so, ladies and gentlemen, when you have some spiritual victories, when you reach up to some higher ground in your Christian walk, guess who's around the corner trying to drag you down? The devil. He resists those who are faithful and who are steadfast. Sunday school teachers choir members, nursery workers, those who are faithful in the work of God, those who are faithful to the word of God, those pe- people who are compassion, who has compassion for souls and who has a, 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 a great servitude uh, uh, toward the saints of, of the church and the devil wishes to ruin that spiritual victory and that spiritual growth. Ladies and gentlemen, let us realize that he hates the spirit he hates the godliness he hates holiness he hates prayer he hates fasting he hates anything that is spiritual and this is one of the reasons why satan went up to god and accused job in the old testament he hated the fact that job was so spiritual in his days and that there was none like him and he was godly and he feared god and he departed evil and he hated job for that and he hates you my friend if you're spiritual today He's not applauding, applauding, and he is not for you. He is against you. He might appear as an angel of light and, and might look very uh, wonderful uh, in your sight, but he is against you. He is an adversary. He is a liar and the father of it. Do not be tempted uh, against his uh, uh, great temptations against you. Oh, let us 
be mindful of the fact that he wants to ruin our spiritual victories. He wants to ruin us so that we could get into our sins. Oh, Paul was very worried about the church in Thessalonica after they got saved. They were uh, zealous. They were very fervent in First Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 4 and 5. For verily, when we were with you, we told you before that we should suffer tribulation, even as it came to pass, as you know. For this cause, when I could no longer forbear, I sent to know your faith, lest by some means a tempter have tempted you, and our labor be in vain. Paul was fearful as he saw the spiritual victory of many people getting saved in Thessalonica. As he departed, he had some reservation. I wonder if our labor will be in vain because a church might be tempted of the devil and maybe get lured into sin. And ladies and gentlemen, we need to stand in guard just like that. Because when there are spiritual victories like the Church of Thessalonica, people getting saved, people growing in the Word of God, people having unity within the church, the devil hates it, and the devil will tempt us. Do not be ignorant. Benjamin, stand, be watchful of Satan's fiery darts that come your way when you do that which is spiritual. You try to raise your family for the Lord. You try to raise your children for the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and you try to have godly marriages. You start maybe reading the Word of God together. You start praying together. You start sharing prayer requests together. You start talking about the message that you heard on Sundays when you went home. You're not just talking about Hollywood. You're not just talking about uh, uh, sports. You're not just talking about TV. You're talking about godly things. You're trying to do the godly thing within your marriage. But there's some temptations, isn't there? The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And the reason why is because the devil hates what you're doing. And we need to run to the Lord. We need to ask the Lord, 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 to give us that victory. And ladies and gentlemen, the, the spiritual growth doesn't happen by just playing path or maybe a path of ease. No. Spiritual growth happens through trials and through tribulations and even temptations. You want to get stronger in your Christian life? There are going to be some temptations in your life. Just like Job, just like Joseph, just like Abraham, tested with patience. I'm just simply saying, my friend, the tempter has his way to respond to your spiritual act. Go through it by God's grace. I believe that you'll come out at the end more spiritual, more godly, and more like Jesus Christ. Number two, the tempter will reason with you. As we covered before, the tempter will use lies and deceits and temptation. He will reason to lie, deceive, and to tempt. He will reason with the temptation of the flesh. And the devil said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, command the stone that it be made bread. And Jesus answered him, saying, It is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. Now, is there something wrong with bread? Is there something wrong with eating bread? Didn't Jesus Christ say to pray, you know, uh, provide with us with our daily bread? There's nothing wrong with bread. I mean, God gave manna to the Israelites. 
angel's bread. Nothing wrong with bread. But what was the tempter doing? The tempter was trying to unprioritize between the spiritual and the flesh. Bread alone is neutral. There's nothing wrong with it. But if you're seeking more of the flesh, trying to appease yourself in the pleasure more than the spiritual, then there's something wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with your job. There's nothing wrong with providing for your family. There's nothing wrong with having provision of clothes and having car, having a home. But there is something wrong if it's far more important to you to have those things than to seek the kingdom of God. You see how the devil is very subtle? He wants to use the daily things that you have every day to go against the spiritual. Let your daily bread, let your daily provision, let your daily goods to be worshipped rather than worshipping your Savior, Jesus Christ. The devil knows the weaknesses of the flesh. The devil says it feels good, do it. It tastes good, do it. And it makes sense, why don't you do it? Why not indulge in the flesh? Why not enjoy yourself eating and drinking and feeling good? Why not just live it up? Don't restrict yourself. But the Bible says the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. The spiritual Christian life is not about what you eat and what you drink, what you wear, and what you enjoy in this present life. It's not about the flesh, my friend. No, it's why, that's why Christ said in Matthew 6, 33, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and, uh, and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Would you seek the kingdom of God, my friend? Would you stop seeking the worldly goods the worldly pleasure, the worldly feelings, and the, uh, the worldly tastes, and the worldly consumptions. There's nothing wrong with having some pleasures in your life and have some joy and have some maybe ease in your life, but we dare not to worship those things. Nothing wrong with vacations and having some time off. I'm in every way encouraging you to do it, but I believe that with all my heart, that you ought to do your best not to miss a Sunday. If you're missing maybe 10 Sundays a, a year because of your leisure and, uh, and, and ease and, and missing Mission Conference and missing Thanksgiving Sunday and missing out on Christmas Sunday, there's something spiritually wrong with you. I think you ought to prioritize your life where you need to serve God faithfully and do your best with that. And then have your vacation, have your time of ease, uh, and try to do your best not to uh, conflict with what the, uh, what the uh, spiritual events are at the church. I'm just simply saying, uh, the devil wants to have you stumble over uh, the things that are neutral and uh, have you worship those things. Oh, Adam and Eve stumble over one fruit tree. Esau stumbled, stumbled over a pottage of soup. Israelites stumbled over quails. 
Achan stumbled over Babylonian's garment. Samson, Solomon, David stumbled over a woman. Judas stumbled over 30 shekels of silver. And all those things could be neutral. But when he was opposing the spiritual, rather than going with the spiritual, they went with the flesh. They ate the soup. He ate the soup. He took the 30 shekels of silver. He took the woman. He took the fruit. They took the fruit, fruit tree. They took the quails. Oh, necessities of their lives became their own stumbling block. How foolish we are. How blind we are. How flesh we are. How ignorant we are. Oh, yeah. I was talking to one gentleman at our church yesterday, and, and uh, he's doing a wonderful job at his work, and he's getting some little recognition, and, and uh, uh, his boss likes him, and there's another branch that's opening up in Atlanta, and uh, uh, they, the, the, the boss kept on asking him, hey, would you move, and, and would you be interested in taking that spot, and I'll give you a raise, and we'll you buy your house. And I said, well, Atlanta's very good. I mean, there are a lot of Baptist churches out there, and he looked at me, and he said, well, I have my own church. I Bible Baptist Church. Well, he shut me up in a second, amen? He said, I'm not going to just live for a house, and I'm not going to just live for a raise. I have a, prior, I have a priority in life. I want live to for, live for God. And God has me in this church, and I want to stay in this church. And that's His will for His, that's God's will for His life. I'm not saying that you cannot move, and this is not a cult. God's people say, amen. All right? If God calls you to move to Texas, if God calls you to move to Idaho and gain some potatoes, if God calls you to somewhere else, I understand. But if God doesn't want you to do that, you dare not go. Just because you want to build your career, just because you want to have extra money, just because you want to just live it up a little bit. I'm just simply saying, my friend, the devil is very subtle. The devil is very subtle. He wants to appeal to the flesh in a very subtle way. Temptation of the eyes and greed. He showed unto all the kingdoms of the world in a moment in time. He said, this is my world. I will give it to you, Jesus, if you worship me. And ladies and gentlemen, the devil wants you to see this world too. He wants you to see the riches, the comfort, the leisure, and the acceptance and the pleasure. He wants to show it to you. Why? Because there is something called the lust of the eyes. We always want something because we first see it. The devil knows this, so he uses great visuals to tempt us. The visuals of the media, the visuals of marketing, the visuals of money. This is how sin of greed and covetousness has come. The confession of Achan is very clear in Joshua chapter 7, verse 21. When I saw among the spoils a goodly Babylonian garment, he said, I saw it. Oh, that was his first mistake. And by the way, he wreaked destruction for his family. His whole family perished, and they were stoned to death because of the sin of the lust of the eyes. Little eyes, be careful, little eyes, what you see. 
Because what you allow yourself to see enters the heart, and the heart dictates what you do. The Bible says in Matthew 6, For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. The light of the body is the eye. If therefore thy eye be single, if thy whole body shall be full of light. But if thy eye be evil, thy whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness. No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, else he will hold to the one and despise the other. He cannot serve God and man. And what's Jesus saying? Whatever you see will come into your heart. And if your eye if your eye is evil, and your heart will be full of darkness. If your light is if your eyes are single and wholesome, hey, your uh, heart will be full of light. What are you seeing today, my friend? What are you luring yourself to see in your life every single day? Because whatever you see, you will ponder, that you will tend. And that will be in your heart all the time. I think about one time I was at a Christian media website, good man and fellow college graduate of mine, and uh, he works with churches to make, make different videos. And he had a video uh, of Africa and this missionary. Just, I mean, he's in nowhere. I mean, just nowhere. Just working with tribe here and there. A young man, I think maybe a little bit a little older than me. And uh, when I saw that video for five minutes, Man, Brother Brooks, I was crying and crying and crying. I was just crying. In front of that, that uh, screen monitor there, just crying. Just crying. The needs of the people in Africa and the missionaries courage. You know, what I saw affected my heart. And ladies and gentlemen, if your eye is single, you see that which is wholesome and good. Your heart will be spiritual. But if you see that which is evil all the time and wicked, your heart will be full of darkness. And the devil knows that. He wants to fill you with the lust of the eyes. Be careful what you see. I need to be careful. We all need to be careful. Second Peter chapter 2, verse 14, having eyes full of adultery that cannot cease from sin. I'm not saying you can't see anything, all right? I'm not saying when you're driving down 91 freeway, close your eyes when you see a bad billboard. And you might crash, okay? Just look the other way. I'm not saying you should drive blind, you know. But be careful what you see. I like what Job said. I have made a covenant with my eyes. Why should I look upon a mirror? I made a covenant. I made a promise with my eyes. Having full of adultery, eyes full of adultery that cannot cease from sin. I guarantee you, more you sin is an evidence of how much you've been exposed to it by sight. Be careful. Number three, temptation of pride. He takes him up to Jerusalem, takes him to the pinnacle. Hey, won't you fall? Won't you fall down here and let your angels help you and guard you? That's what the Bible says. And by the way, the devil uses the word of God to tempt you too. He is so good at it. He wants you to have his own interpretation. He wants you to twist some doctrine. He wants you to have the wrong application and have you run with it and saying, this is God's will, but it's really the devil's will. Be careful with that. But the devil tempts God with pride. Misuse your power at this time. And why don't you show yourself to be true? Why don't 
to show yourself to be the Son of God. Hey, won't you prove yourself to be all-powerful? Of course, Christ would not yield to pride because Christ was full of humility and meekness. That's what his ministry was all about. And he gave us his example. He didn't misuse his power because so that you will not be prideful either. Satan is a prideful one. The Thor of the evil nature of the devil consists in the fact that here we have some spontaneous, self-generating sin expressed in pure defiance and pure arrogance. I will ascend to the throne of God, he said. Pride is not of Christ, but humility is. The devil might say, hey, look how good you are. Look how knowledgeable you are. Look how smart you are. And look how talented you are. And look how people praise you. Look how people look up to you. He's lying to you. He wants you to make you to see Not according to the spiritual, but according to the fleshly pride. Be careful of pride. Temptation of pride. With that in mind, i got to hurry. Number three, the tempter will return. Of course, Jesus Christ said, it is written. He said, it is written. He said, it is written. Thank God. You know, he could have said something else. He could have said something new. But he referred to the Old Testament. You know what that means? We could still use this book today to fight against the devil. Isn't that wonderful? His spoken words is, 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 is equally powerful as this book right here. This book right here is equally powerful with his spoken word. Use this book. Live by this book. And the and, and the Satan loses, and Jesus Christ wins. The Bible says, right here in verse thirteen. And when the devil had ended all the temptation, he departed him for a what season, just for a season, maybe a four months, maybe for six months, just for a season, and then he came back. You see, ladies and gentlemen. When you win against the devil through God's power and through prayer, and you might say, amen, hallelujah, praise God. But stand in guard. He might come back in a month. He might come back in three months. Because the devil wants to keep on accusing you and keep on tempting you. Gird yourself with the whole armor of God, with truth, breastplate of righteousness, shot with your feet, helmet of salvation, shield of faith, and the sword of the Spirit. Have, the, have the, the, the whole armor of God. Have it with you. And with all this being said, my friend, fight the good fight, finish your course, and keep the faith. Because Jesus Christ said, I have overcome the world. And, G, and, and John says, greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Ye are of God. We are gods, my friend. Depend on the Lord when temptations come. He is very subtle. He wants to tempt you with the flesh. He wants to tempt you with the eyes. He wants to tempt you with pride. He wants to respond to your spiritual victory. Do not let him have his way.
the tempter's ways are very cunning and very deceitful and subtle. Be careful. Do not be ignorant of his devices.